Kaden PR acknowledges the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to the Press Office with Caden Co-PR. We have a very exciting guest on today's episode, beauty mogul, influencer, media personality, and now a best-selling author, Alex Favola. Caden Co-PR actually look after the PR for Alex's beauty brand Runway Room, which this month is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. So, of course, we had to talk about that, how SheBurst works with publicists, all about her career today, and also what her relationship has actually been like with the media after being thrown into the spotlight via her relationship with a high-profile AFL player. Before we get on to the interview, please make sure that you are following the podcast on either Apple or Spotify. Uh, And if you have time, give us a little review. It is much appreciated. Hello, Alex, and welcome to the press office. Firstly, thank you so much for joining me today. I am very excited to be chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Now, before we get into it, I know that you do not need any introduction, but I am going to throw to you. Do you mind introducing yourself, what you do, and how you got to where you are today? Yes. So, my name is Alex Favola. I am um, I'm a mum of four beautiful daughters. I am the founder of Runway Room Cosmetics, and I am also uh, the author of Silver Linings. I am probably most known to people for my my marriage. I married Brendan Favola, who is um, an ex-footballer and now a media personality. And I have been a makeup artist for, I've got 25 plus years now, and um, have always worked in makeup and photography and founded Runway Room 10 years ago. So I started in the service space and established um, at 1.5 salons throughout Victoria and then um, moved into products um, and officially launched that in 2019 and now have um, a, a fully-fledged cosmetic line with 120-plus SKUs. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. You are definitely very busy. You are an entrepreneur and a business owner, a social media influencer, also a mother to four girls, and now also an author as well. How do you do it all? I'm exhausted just listing it all out. Oh, look, I think oh, any parent will tell you it's, it's, it is a juggle and a lot of people will say, oh, how do you get that balance? And I'm like, mm, I don't think there really is a balance. For me, it's whatever 
is priority that day. So sometimes being a mum takes priority over work and and other times work takes a priority over being a mum and that's where I have to really share the load with my husband and also my I'm lucky I've got bigger daughters so I've got a very spread out age group of kids so my older girls will often help with Toby uh, my little one and uh yeah, it's a real, it's a, it's a family effort, and I think to be able to do it all as a parent, it really takes the support of of the other parent. I think I I was working as a single mum when I was separated um, from my husband, and yeah, it's definitely easier when you've got somebody to co-parent with. I always said, especially during the lockdown periods where mums also had to become teachers as well in the home that being a mum is just another full-time job as well as working full-time with like a lot of my colleagues as well it's crazy yeah it is I think you're always on as a mum you're always on there's no time off and you know it can be it can be hard and exhausting when you're working but sounds cliche but it is so rewarding and um yeah it's it's worth it so it was 10 years ago that you started runway room why did you start the business? So I saw a really big gaping hole in the market for a, a completely new concept. Um, and the reason I saw it is at the time I was doing hair and makeup and photography and I was mainly doing portfolios for um, models and promotional models and actors and I was doing weddings. And very often when I would do complete the hair and makeup side of it and then before I started the shoot, you know, ladies would say to me, oh gosh, you know, I need, I need you on a Saturday night. And oh, I wish, I wish I was going out tonight. And they just felt so good having that professional makeover service. And I just thought, you know, models have it before they walk out onto the runway and celebrities have it before they go out to an event. So why can't the average woman have access to this service? And at the time, no one was really getting their makeup done. So people might go and get a blow wave, but they weren't really getting their makeup done for events. And you would now know that in the last decade, that has come a long way. And now people do get a hair and makeup service before a special event. So I feel really proud that we were really quite instrumental in, in making that change and making people think about perhaps getting makeup done instead of it being just just for your wedding, like so many clients would say, oh, I haven't had my makeup done since my wedding. And that used to be all you really would get your makeup done for. Like that would be the only sort of occasion that would be worthy of actually getting a professional makeup artist in. So, yeah, we were really disruptive in that in that space in the fact that we were the very first in Australia to offer everything under the one roof and consistently. So although there was hair salons offering uh, makeup on a Saturday where they may have an artist come in, a freelancer, you know, it was it was very um, inconsistent and unreliable because you couldn't always get the same makeup artist. And so for us, we offered the service um, every day. You could get it from Tuesday through to Saturday and, and sometimes Sunday by appointments. And we had a very um, well-trained team that, that were trained in our signature look. And our signature look was very much about... Um, looking beautiful and still maintaining yourself you know not not too heavy nothing too you know out there it was very very um understated natural glam which is what 
I had found most women want. I have really fond memories of Runway Room because it was your first store in Hampton. I grew up there and all of the girls at high school before, you know, formal or a big event or a 21st, that's where we would get our makeup and hair done. (laughs) Yes, it's so true. We did, we really did carve out a space in that school formal for for young girls. We proved their formals. Then we had our weddings, which was obviously another big part of the business. And then we had sort of an older demographic that were going to the the black tie events and the charity dinners and lunches. And so we really had a very broad uh, age group and people will often ask me, what's your demographic? And I'm like, well, really other than it being predominantly female, um, there's no age bracket because it really did span across all ages. That was my first store and that was really what set the precedent for the other stores to be open. That was such a popular service and had gone so well that that's what then led me to open other stores and other areas. Now from moving into, you know, opening more stores, you're you're moving more into like a product range for Runway Room. What is this process actually like? Like what does it look like? How do you know what to create and how do you then create it? So I get I mean I draw inspiration from all over sometimes it's from my own personal wants and needs so um, things that I'm noticing with my skin or or things that I'm noticing that work for me I'll draw inspiration from other brands and what they're doing and and tweak it to suit our um, our customer but basically the product development stage is is such a very long process and that's why it's really important to kind of not sort of jump on the back of a trend. I think, you know, trends are something that come and go really quick and because a product development period is so long, you can sometimes miss a trend if you if you're a bit late to the party. So what I have found to be uh really instrumental in in the success of the products I've developed so far is really listening and knowing and understanding what our customer wants and needs and what works for them and not necessarily just jumping on the latest trend. So really sticking to our core beliefs and and um, and not wavering. I think that authenticity is what has built Runway Room to be the, the, the product range that it is. I have to ask you, as the beauty queen, if you were holidaying on a remote island and you could only bring three runway room items, what would they be? That, that's such a hard thing. If this said island had other people and so it was about how I looked, I would probably say face-based glow palette because you can do your whole face with a glow palette. Face-based gives me that beautiful coverage and it's also quite hydrating. And because it's pigmented, it will give me an element of sunscreen. Um and probably mascara, the Power Lash mascara or the lip prep. I'm not sure. So yeah, I'd say face base, glow palette and mascara. But if we were going more from a care perspective, then I would probably say the first base new hydrating primer that is just unbelievable. It is so beautiful. Um I'm I just I, I love that product. And mascara and probably lip prep. Well, you've sold me because I'm in the market for a new primer, so there you go. <laughs> love it. It's called First Base and it is absolutely it's it's got all your daily age prevention ingredients in it. So it's got um, hyaluronic, 2% hyaluronic acid. It's got white sapphire, kakadu plum. It's just 
it's beautiful, but it leaves your skin like glowing, but there's no greasy residue. So it's the perfect primer. Okay. That sounds amazing. I will be getting that. I'm in Sorrento at the moment, so I'll pop down to the store. Yes, pop down and see the girls. They'll help you out. And in terms of your role as the founder and CEO of Runway Room, what does your typical day look like? So... At the moment, I'm still working from home mostly, which has been amazing for me. I must say, I feel incredibly lucky to be able to do what I do from home. But a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of Zoom meetings and emails and phone calls. Uh, I manage our social media still, so I still do a lot of that. And there's a lot of um, inquiries that come through that. But mainly, I am on the phone to my team constantly, all day long and, and emailing. So it's a lot of communication from my part and you know as far as product sampling and stuff at the moment I'm having it all sent to me here so yeah it's um it's it's mainly my job consists of being at a computer and on the phone. I feel like a lot of jobs are like that at the moment <laughs> lots of zoom calls and in terms of runway room what is your PR strategy like and how do you leverage PR as a business? Well I have enlisted the expertise of Kate and Co and um, Kate and Hannah and the team have been amazing for me as far as really trying to tap more into that organic PR. We, we've We've built our reputation so far purely on organic word of mouth. And so I feel like we have a really good foundation in the fact that we have built real credibility from our products and our service from real customers. We haven't sort of, you know, gone out with a a huge marketing campaign. We've, you know, paid influencers and, and sort of created fluff. We've slowly built our reputation. And so I feel very good about, the PR we have had so far, we do work with influencers from time to time because we, obviously we're trying to always reach new markets. But really, it's about um, taking opportunities that come through with the help of Kate and Co. We've been able to, you know, have our products written up in the beauty mags and blogs, and um, have people, beauty bloggers, reviewing our products genuinely. I think that for me is the best kind of PR. Is the authentic PR that from people that just gen you know, genuinely like your products and want to recommend to their followers. Um, and yeah, getting, getting reviewed in mags and blogs. And that's probably our focus for PR and obviously our own social media, always showing the products going on the skin and, and sharing out our real customer feedback, I think is another really good way to promote your brand. Um, I think it's real and it's genuine and you can't beat, uh, authentic advertising. I agree. I think you can really tell when people are genuine about sharing products and whether they actually use it and whether they like it. And I do think influencer strategies are really important as well, but then it can get quite cluttered with competing brands as well. So you're like, well, what primer are you actually using? Exactly. And I think you've got to be careful who you work with because I think if it's someone that is just taking paid collaborations from a whole heap of different things all the time, their audience aren't going to be engaged. It's like they're just doing another paid sort of promotion. So I like to work with people that are genuinely have discovered our products and we send it to them, they love it, and they are actually wearing it and using it and, and want to you know talk to their followers as to why they, they're using our products now. And, yeah, I think 
it's really important for brands to work with genuine influencers and it is it is hard to determine who's who's going to be a good fit for your brand as well. Exactly. And even though people might have heaps of followers, they might actually not have like the sell-through rate as well. So it is really looking into that. That is so true. I think when social media influencing first started, it was really effective and the more followers you had, probably the more effective it was. But it's really changed now and I have found that working with someone that has a genuine following, so perhaps a smaller following but a much higher audience engagement and and a loyal um, follower, someone that actually is influenced by that person, believes in what they're saying, that is way more effective than someone with 500,000 followers that isn't necessarily, um, yeah, in, engaging their audience as well. That's, yeah, something to be careful of. I agree. And in terms of your strategy as well, how does partnerships fit into that? I know previously you worked with one of our other clients, ATC. So how important are these collaborations in bringing your brand to life? They're so important. And that, to be honest, has been one of the the main, I guess, tools we've used. Because when we uh, started, we had very, very, well, we had no marketing budget, really. We didn't have a budget for marketing. And, and it's been such an um, important important part of our brand awareness strategy has been by by aligning or associating with other brands and businesses and one of them was the ATC which we're still working with we've worked with them I think for the last five four or five years now Um, so that's obviously New South Wales based and that's incredibly important and I think there's two reasons one, it's the association. So obviously the ATC has a, a, an amazing, you know, credible um, reputation. And two, the synergy is perfect for us because the lady that usually goes to the races is someone that would be a client for us, whether it be the buying our products or our service. It's been a really good synergy and we found the same thing. We've worked with uh, the MRC for the last, I think, seven years for the same reasons. The MIC has a fantastic reputation, so it's a really nice association for us. And it, I think for a new brand to be associated with the likes of the Melbourne Racing Club or, um, you know, Crown or any of those really big businesses, it will instantly give my business a little bit of credibility. So if you haven't heard of my business before, it might give you some comfort in knowing that if that that kind of business or brand is associating with us, then yeah, it, it gives us that instant credibility and, and a and a good association and and also you're reaching all of their audience, which for me, being such a small business when we started with the MRC and the ATC, it's incredible. It's just huge exposure and it attracts more media attention as well. So I think associations are so important for for a new brand, particularly. I think so too. Like you said, you're taking some of that brand's credibility and it, and it, then it gets attached to your own brand. And then also in particular, being in the beauty industry, your products are really tactile. You know, you need to touch, feel, smell them. That the partnerships that you're doing in person, I would say could be quite effective in comparison to, you know, seeing it on a Instagram feed or whatever, even though you need both, definitely. Yeah, and that is such a valid point. The reason the racing collabs for, were so successful for us is because, as you would know, but your listeners may not, we have the pamper bars stationed at different parts of the track and in different parts of uh, different events that they're having at the racetrack. And so we had thousands of women over the years 
that have come through and actually sat down and had our products applied on their face. And as you said, that is the best way for us to introduce the brand to anybody is to actually get the products on their face. So, yeah, that, that was probably one of the biggest points that I didn't mention. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I can imagine. And in terms of what you've been doing lately, you've just released a book. So you've ha- you have this successful business and now you've written a book. What made you decide to release Silver Linings? I have a very colourful story and I went through a lot of trauma in my um, earlier adult life and what I experienced really shaped me as a person and I believe set me up for, I guess, to be more resilient and and more um, uh, capable, I guess, of dealing with different situations. And I'd always wanted to share my story because at the time when I first went through the the traumas that I went through, I had felt really isolated. And back then it was before social media. So there wasn't a lot of connection and I just felt like I was the only person that was going through what I was going through. And um, I was grieving. I'd lost my partner. I was a new mom. I was only 22 years old and I had a baby. And then I had my own health emergency at the same time. And it was just, it was a really, really traumatic time. And I just wanted to share that, that time in my life and my coping mechanisms for other people that perhaps find themselves in a similar situation, whether they're grieving, whether they're a single mom, whether they've got a, a health issue. I just wanted to, yeah, share, share my story. And and I guess um, ultimately I wanted to give people hope that you can get through things and there is happiness at the other side because sometimes when you're in those situations, there is absolutely no light and it's really hard to, to stay hopeful. So um, yeah, it's been a bestseller and I've had the most incredible feedback. I literally receive, like I've received thousands of messages, but daily still it's been I think we're over two months since we launched the book and I'm still receiving messages every single day and um, it's just been incredible. I'm really grateful that it's been received the way it has. I was uh, stalking you on Instagram before this and you were sharing some of the messages you've received. So obviously it's really connected with people. Oh, I just can't believe the way it's connected. I, I knew pe- that there would be people that would connect with my story, but I just had no idea the, I guess, impact it would have on people. And yeah, I, I post messages every day and I think they're literally new messages every day. Like I've had such an amazing and incredible response and yeah it's really like comforting because I was actually terrified about releasing my story it was just a really um I guess I felt quite vulnerable exposing Mm -hmm. it all sure that it was the right thing to do and I felt really wary of you know some I, I could easily receive very negative feedback about it um but it's been the exact opposite and I've had so much support and so many people have said thank you. It's given them such a new perspective. It's given them hope and, yeah, I've just received incredible messages from people all over and, um, yeah, it's it's been something really cathartic for me and I think it was also a level of um, wanting people to understand my me as a person and also what I've been through. I, I think there was a bit of a misconception probably of the sort of person I was from the media and from my my marriage and so there was a big element of that too of just wanting to tell my side of things and um, my version of events and 
yeah, so it feels good. I feel like I've got a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> That's one thing that I did want to touch on is that you have been someone who has had to face some level of negativity in the Australian, you know, celebrity gossip landscape. How, how did you deal with it then? And what is your relationship with the media like now? I think how I dealt with it then was probably not very well because I was very green and didn't understand the way the media worked. I didn't understand why they kept wanting to paint me in a certain way. I felt really frustrated and hurt and disillusioned really because I felt whenever I would do an interview, I would go into it thinking it was about my business or about something that I was doing. I actually did a book prior to this book. I did a book called Snapshot of Portrait of Success, which was also a bestseller. And that was a coffee table book and that was my photography and also I'd interviewed the people, did the hair and makeup. So it was all my work that I had collated into this book um, about inspirational Australians. And every time I would do an interview or, you know, whatever, it was just always, always about Brendan and about any of the issues that we'd, we'd had publicly or he'd had in his life. Like I was always lured into, oh, yeah, we want to interview you about your book. And I was oh, great. Exciting, and then the interview would always be just manipulated, and the narrative would be what they wanted, which was you know not something I would have ever agreed to. And then I think the public would look and go, "Oh, why? Why is she talking about that? And why, you know, why would she agree to do an interview?" And I'm like, "But I didn't agree to do an interview about that." But you know, they're very manipulative. The media is very manipulative, and it took me a long time to work that out and understand that, and who work out who you can trust and who you can't. And, you know, as much as I've said that about some members of the media, there was also some incredible people that over the years, you know, I really grew a great relationship with and um, have the utmost of respect for. So, and I'm very grateful to those people because, you know, they're the ones that have also helped me sell my books or promote my business. So it's a double-edged sword. And I think you've just got to take the good with the bad and be wary and, and also be prepared before you go into an interview. My problem was was very young and naive so I was never prepared for what they were going to ask me but now I'm a lot more prepared and yeah more sure of myself I think. Well I think you've done a wonderful job at reshaping yourself in the media and I think it is something that comes with age and experience because I can't imagine, like I work in PR, so behind the scenes of media, but I can't imagine being thrown into the limelight with no context whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It does come with age and I think, yeah, age and life experience, I think, and um, it just helps you be more guarded and, and more prepared and yeah. Now, I quickly want to ask you a few questions on how you best work with a PR agency. So firstly, is there a preferred way for you to work with a publicist? I think we're fairly hands-on with along with the PR agency. I think we've, we do do a lot of PR ourselves sort of in-house as well as working with, with Kate & Co. But I think with more probably the media side, I prefer for Kate & Co., um, to take the lead on that. I think they've got the relationships and they've got the contacts in, in those areas. So having someone represent us in that way, yeah, I'm very happy to let Hannah and the girls deal with that and have the confidence in knowing that, you know, they, they know what they're doing and they know that space very well. Uh, I think it's really important for your PR team to understand your brand and to really know your products, know what you're about and really know the DNA of the brand because 
from working with numerous PR people over the years, I've always had to trigger them and go, oh, what about this? Or have you thought to suggest us for that? Whereas I found with um, Hannah uh, and Kate and Co, she's very innovative and very forward thinking in her um, approach. So she'll, she'll see something and go, oh, runway would be perfect for that. The, you know, um, that product fits that brief really well. Or why don't we suggest Alex as a beauty expert to talk about this? Or so yeah, it's, it's really important that you have somebody that really understands the brand. And is always thinking for you and thinking, how can we get Runway Room in there? How can we get Alex in there as a beauty expert? Or, yeah, it's, it's having someone that cares as much as you do to get that exposure for your brand. And that's really hard to find, might I add. It's really hard to find because some people will approach it as it's just a job and you tick the boxes and you're doing, you know, but to actually be thinking innovatively all the time is really rare so yeah we're very happy with um with Kate and Hannah and the whole beauty team they've been really amazing for us and um have been really successful in getting you know, getting us into new markets and new exposure so yeah we're thrilled that is a great answer and do you have any specific highlights to working with Kate and Co I think in general I feel that Kate and Co are very invested in their clients I think um the highlight for me is they genuinely care and I think the other highlight is that the people I'm working with are very genuine and authentic and I think in PR you can get very fake relationships, should I say, um, and I think I, I just I can't, I can't do fake. I can't do non-authentic relationships. I find it really hard to be in that working relationship and so, yeah, I'm, I think the highlight would be the people, the team, at Kate & Co are uh, really genuine and uh, very genuinely invested in their role with us um, at Run My Room. So that would have to be my highlight, the people. They're great people. That is very, very kind of you. And I have absolutely adored chatting to you today, but I have four final quick fire questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Email or phone call? Well, I'm more of an email, I must say. I'm an email person. I'm with you. I'm with you. Zoom or in-person meetings? Zoom. <laughs> COVID's done it to me. I'm so comfortable in my own space. Zoom's great. It's because I've got a three-year-old. I think it's just easier for me. So Zoom. That's fair enough. Your typical day in media consumption? Uh, lots of social media. That's probably the most. Most consumption would be Instagram and I'm trying to get onto TikTok. And I've recently switched to watching more the ABC news uh, and sort of steering away from the mainstream because I just, yeah, I think ABC is real news, put it that way. And that leads me nicely into my last question, Instagram, Facebook or TikTok? Instagram, definitely Instagram is my preferred platform. And as I said, I'm working on TikTok. It's a, it's a whole nother world, that one. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Alex. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate & Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.